New Vision is a church that places high value on Scripture. The Bible is made up of 66 books, and in this next portion, we're going to be going through a few of those books as a church family. We hope this tool encourages you and equips you to lead your life well. Thank you for joining us today. Hello, and thanks so much for joining us today. My name is Greg Freeman, and I have the privilege of serving as one of the pastors here at New Vision. Today we'll be reading Luke chapter 24, verses 13 through 15. I'm reading from the ESV translation. Verse 13, that very day, two of them were going to a village named Emmaus, about seven miles from Jerusalem, and they were talking with each other about all these things that had happened. While they were talking and discussing together, Jesus himself drew near and went with them, but their eyes were kept from recognizing him. And they said to them, what is this conversation that you were holding with each other as you walk? And they stood still looking sad. Then one of them, named Cleopas, answered him, Are you the only visitor to Jerusalem who does not know the things that have happened there in these days? And he said to them, What things? And they said to him, Concerning Jesus of Nazareth, a man who was a prophet mighty in deed and word before God and all the people, and how our chief priests and rulers delivered him up to be condemned to death and crucified him. But we had hoped that he was the one to redeem Israel. Yes, and besides all this, it is now the third day since these things happened. Moreover, some women of our company amazed us. They were at the tomb early in the morning, and when they did not find his body, they came back saying that they had even seen a vision of angels who said that he was alive. Some of those who were with us went to the tomb and found it just as the women had said, but they did not see him. He spoke to them, O foolish ones, and slow of heart to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Was it not necessary that the Christ should suffer these things and enter into his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he interpreted to them in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. Verse 28. So they drew near to the village to which they were going. He acted as if he were going farther, but they encouraged him strongly, saying, Stay with us, for it is toward evening, and the day is now far spent. So he went in to stay with them. When he was at table with them, he took the bread and blessed and broke it and gave it to them. And their eyes were opened, and they recognized him, and he vanished from their sight. They said to each other, Did not our hearts burn within us while he talked to us on the road, while he opened to us the scriptures? And they rose that same hour and returned to Jerusalem. And they found the eleven, and those who were with them gathered, saying, The Lord has risen indeed, and has appeared to Simon. Then they told what had happened on the road, and how he was known to them in the breaking of the bread. Well, if you attended or watched any of the New Vision Easter services this past week, uh, this verse should sound very familiar. That's because this is what our senior pastor and our teaching pastor and our campus pastor taught on for a total of nine times. So this morning, you're going to get a little bit of a sneak peek at how the podcast sausage is made. You see, as a staff team, we started planning out these recordings months ago, and I think you'd agree our team has done an amazing job of putting each one together. And you know, we all love doing it too, to the extent that when Nick gives us the opportunity to sign up, people jump on it. So usually, you don't get to choose the scripture you're covering. You get what is available. Now, what we just read is an amazing story, and it speaks to us on so many different levels. But can you imagine what went through my head when I learned I was supposed to cover the exact same scripture that Pastor Brady and Pastor Ben taught on for Easter less than a week ago? I mean, to say that's daunting is an understatement. So obviously I did something wrong. 
Now, by the way, if you didn't get a chance to watch the Easter service, be sure to go to newvisionlife.com and check it out. It was really, really good. So this morning, I'm not going to try to uncover some spiritual gem that our pastor didn't find. Uh, that's not my giftedness. Uh, now, it's true that there are a whole lot in these verses that we could talk about for, for days and weeks, but I've been continuing to reflect on Easter, and I just want to talk about uh, one of the points we made, one that really stood out to me, and I think it's a very powerful truth uh, that bears repeating. As a pastor, the, the Gallup survey that Pastor Brady referenced, it really forces uh, me to think, all of us to think. And as he mentioned, the results aren't necessarily surprising, but they're definitely concerning. And the truth, the truth is, if we look around us, and we see that the decline in church affiliation, the survey reported, it's happening. It's, it's not a surprise to us. And now there are a lot of factors that contribute to these trends. But Pastor talked about the loss of hope that so many people experience, that loss of hope that allows them to walk away from their faith. And we see that happen so regularly, and it's, it's so saddening. Now, before we think that's too much about our modern culture and all the changes that are happening here and those things that, that we uh, need to pray about and be concerned about, we also need to remember that this narrative took place over 2,000 years ago. These two men, they were men who probably walked with Jesus. They felt the same loss of hope. They were literally walking away. Pastor Brady talked uh, last weekend about our human tendency to put a D on the word hope to change it to hoped in the past tense. And that's an acknowledgement of defeat. And that really hit me. It's so easy to do that, isn't it? I mean, it's easy to start off with little things. I'd really hoped for this, right? Really hope that would have happened. And we kind of dismiss it and walk on. But it's really easy to say, I really hoped for that. It's easy to let that past tense of hope leak into all aspects of our life, and it can even leak into our spiritual life. I really prayed for him and hoped, and you can fill in the blank, or I really prayed that this situation would end up like this. And that's what happened with these guys. The person they expected to be Messiah ended up being killed. But then they had an encounter with Jesus that I think was summed up so well by Pastor Brady's first sermon point, and it's this. Because Christ is never lost, hope is never lost. Now, Cleopas and that other guy were walking the road to Emmaus defeated and without hope. And as far as narratives go, it's kind of ironic that as they're walking morosely along, hopeless because they thought Jesus was dead, he was actually walking alongside of them. But as far as Jesus goes, that's the absolute perfect picture. Think about it. The same thing happens today. The same thing happens in our lives. We've lost hope in a career or a diagnosis or a relationship. And we think that the power of Christ has finally reached its limit and all hope is gone. So we could be those two guys walking along the Emmaus Road. And while the truth is that for believers, Jesus is as much with us as he was with Cleopas and his buddy, we don't always remember that. Now I love verse 27 where Luke writes that Jesus, in trying to explain to these guys what was truly going on, he started all the way back in the beginning with Moses and the Old Testament prophets to explain the scripture. And in the process, he essentially explains the gospel. Those Old Testament prophets were talking about promises that God made to his chosen people, and those promises were about Jesus himself. He takes them all the way back to put what they were currently experiencing into the right context, that context that for the promises of God to become reality, what happened to Jesus was necessary. But really, it was what Jesus allowed to happen to himself, wasn't it? It was all part of God's plan for redemption and deliverance. Now, it took them some divine illumination to realize their hope was not gone. They only had to look at it from God's perspective, not their limited perspective. And what Cleopas and the other guy didn't understand 
uh, about their encounter was that the crucifixion wasn't the end of hope, it's the beginning of hope. That's a difference maker. The crucifixion wasn't the end of hope, it was the beginning of hope. And that's the thing that helps us understand and realize that hope is never lost. When our hope is in Christ, our hope is in the Son of the Creator of the universe. Our hope is in the hand of the triune God. Not, not yet a week past Easter, and I'm still thinking about how important this season is, and not just the days uh, when we celebrate it, but all year round. The resurrection changes everything. Every part of our faith hinges on the truth of the res re resurrection, and obviously this is the time to celebrate it. And I think this concept that because Christ is never lost, hope is never lost, also shows us that God's word is trustworthy. Again, Jesus walked those guys through the Old Testament going all the way back to the promises made to Abraham. In fact, their hope of a Messiah was rooted in these covenants between God and the nation of Israel. They simply didn't have a right understanding of what that would look like until Jesus told them. And when they understood, they saw that God's promises are true. And because his promises are true, we can take comfort that the scripture is true. I mean, in this narrative, we see another resurrection account that speaks to the power of hope in Christ. Our hope never has to add a D on the end of it because he overcame death. So when we understand that hope is never lost, that necessarily means that nothing is too messed up for God. As humans, we can tend to overstate our own ability uh, when we believe that we can do something, say something, believe something that God, the sovereign creator of the universe, can't handle. Put like that, it kind of sounds ridiculous, doesn't it? That's, that's because it is. But then our minds turn to this thought that, well, it's maybe not that God can't, but that God won't because of how bad we are. Well, last Friday, we observed the day where God sent his son to an excruciating death for the sole purpose of atoning for our sin for making us holy, to pray the pies for everything that we have done and will ever do because there's no way we could do that. That, that to me, means God will uh, forgive us. There's no question of whether God will or won't forgive us for what we've ever done. He already did. It's just up to us to accept that forgiveness. So we see there's nothing we can do that's so messed up that God can or won't forgive it. We just have to accept that forgiveness by putting our faith and trust in him. And if that's not a decision you've made, I would encourage you to email us, call our next steps number, uh, anything you need to do to reach out to one of our uh, staff team and have that conversation. We would love to have that conversation with you. So on the heels of this past Easter, uh, even trying to even trying to follow Pastor Brady, Pastor Ben, and Pastor Nick, I'm uh, very appreciative for the reminder that because Jesus, uh, because of Jesus, hope is never lost. And I pray that's a truth that the Lord instills deep in my heart and yours, and uses to us to encourage us in those inevitable difficult times. So whether or not you had a chance to participate in the Easter services, I would encourage you to find some time to get on the website and listen, uh, listen again. And while you do, just reflect on what an incredible gift hope really is. Thanks for listening, and God bless you. Thank you so much for joining us today. We'll see you tomorrow as we hop back into God's Word.